0: You know, small is the new big, that's what I keep saying to the guys at work, small is a new big, um, because the cost of actually, of opening those doors uh, are now at a point where you need to be really busy for those times that those, the doors are open.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast, I'm Anthony Huckstep. Creating your own restaurant, COVID aside, has its challenges. Years of dreaming, creating, and overcoming many obstacles, and then for some to have something like a pandemic come along just as you prepare to swing the doors open, has made the endeavour even more challenging. What's it been like for businesses just getting started? Sean Flanagan is the owner of Wild Grain on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. Sean, how are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's good to have you on the show. What's what's it like in the Mornington Peninsula at the moment?
0: Uh, it's it's uh we're we're obviously in the in the in the deep darks of winter at the moment and just coming out of that and and i think what's exciting is is gearing up for hopefully what will be a uh, far better summer than than last summer um yeah coming out of lockdown seven et cetera et cetera was not the nicest time of the year and time time to be uh you know gearing up for a restaurant but um yeah i'm i'm quite quite um looking forward to opening uh you know should we say uh what's coming in the next couple of months i think it'll be exciting it really will
1: yeah well there's certainly a a very different um experience we're all having because you know the the lockdowns and stuff seem to be a thing of the past and um, we're sort of moving forward is there a bit of optimism and um and change that you're looking forward to over this summer
0: Oh look, absolutely. Uh, look, you know, obviously, you know, when when, when you try and uh, you know, obviously, I'm I'm from overseas. I'm from Ireland, and you know, you're speaking to people at home all the time, and when and when you do, you're halfway through a conversation, and you're saying, so after lockdown seven, and they're kind of going. <laughs> um you actually had seven lockdowns. And I said, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and having to deal with the open, clothes, close, the open, clothes, close, the open, clothes. close. And then the elements of what we went through with reserved seating and, 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 and limited numbers and limited everything. I feel as if the handcuffs have been taken off us now and we're able to go, all right, let's off we go now. Because uh, coming out of last year, like last year was was, was horrible. I'm not going to lie. It really was a, a really bad time coming out at the end of October going into November, every single venue on the peninsula was just grabbing every single person they could and we did our best during the lockdowns to hold on to as much as we could, staff-wise and and, and, and you know, we, we, we tried to keep things really interesting with what we did during lockdowns, etc but, um, you know, this year I feel as if, you know, there's definitely a bit of optimism and there's definitely um, you know, hopefully this summer will be the summer that we've been waiting for the last couple of years, to be honest, because no one's had a good one, that's for sure,
1: you know in the intro, I talked about, um, you know, restaurants opening just before the pandemic, which yours did. And there's been restaurants opening during the pandemic and just before. Like, tell us about that period of time before the lockdowns when you were building the restaurant. How did you land on the site and choose the Mornington Peninsula for Wild Grain?
0: Um, to, to be honest, we we actually, you know, all our businesses prior to this were in Sydney. And, um, you know, uh, me and my wife made a decision uh, a good couple of years ago as, you know, our, our young youngest daughter was just about to start school and we said all right do we actually want to live in sydney or do we alone want to live somewhere else so we actually came down to the mornington peninsula on holidays and and just absolutely immediately fell in love with the place truly did and um said you know no no that's it and you know sydney was just going through a bit of a boom at the time property wise so we you know we it was time to sell the house and 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 we did and and um in the meantime we had just set up a couple of businesses in sydney so it was too young to to sell those businesses so I made the ridiculous thing of um, flying every week, uh, which sounds crazy. <laughs> it, it, it does sound crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, I look back and it as, as a time in, in aviation where you could do that, I definitely couldn't do it right now. So I used to fly twice a week up and down to the Moreton Peninsula from Sydney. Um, it did work and I did that for about six years and then you know for various reasons got to the end one one Saturday night I got home and I said to my wife not white flag so um, we said all right uh, that's it and so I had a time to perfection it was it was amazing actually when you think about how you could use flying as a mode of transport on a, on a, on a situation like that it was to to, to it, w- it was finally tuned to the edge of its of its uh, existence to be honest but you know and then covids come on and it's destroyed their industry as well the aviation industry i think it'll bring a good couple of years before it it you could have anyone like me doing something like that again Um, But, yeah, and then, you know, we we, we sold the businesses in Sydney and uh, we found this site and uh, we were looking around for ages. Actually, there was a lot for, you know, for sale, the usual situation. And uh, we came across this site and um, it was huge high ceilings. It was a big space and uh, went in and spoke to the guy and and I said to him, okay, this is old. This is an old building. I said, so what was it? And he said it was originally a, a grain store. And straight away, I just went, done. <laughs> that's it. The story is there. Um, because, you know, if, every time I would walk into a venue or whatever, whether it was to, to set up something, I would always say, okay, so, you know, what my dream and my everything is to be, that's that's one thing saying. But it's the venue that creates that, and it's actually not everything will work in this, in the, in every space. Um, but, we, you know, as soon as we, myself and my wife, we walked into into, into, into Wildgren, well, what was – it was an old food store. Um, we said, "Yeah, now we could create something special here." And then, um, yeah, just brainstorms from there on in. And, and you know, and my brother and his wife and everything were very much involved in in, in a lot of the ideas. And um, yeah, it, and it just stemmed from there. An absolute just dream of creating. Uh, a dining experience, which as soon as you walk in the door, you've got a positive vibe about it. As and it's, it, I know, you know, I don't, don't want to go down into the the feng shui side of things, but you know, I do feel I, I can walk into a room and go, yeah, that that's that there's something positive going on in here, and um and that's that's one of the things about creating wildgrand definitely was a a challenge it's not for the faint-hearted it's um, creating from an empty space and an empty shell and you know I think we were very lucky I mean you know got to take that with a pinch of salt and considering what we've been through for two
1: years. Take us back to the original concept you know you've had so much um, upheaval in the last uh, two years I mean seven lockdowns is insane but is, is the restaurant different to the concept and what you began with to what you have right now?
0: Oh, look, it certainly is. And I think it's if if there's any positive we can take out of uh, COVID, and I like to try and look at the positive as opposed to straight away the negative, there is the fact that you have to change direction. When, you, when, when it's necessary and just steering the ship straight forward all the way uh, just because that's the way it was done um, I don't think that's that's something that even will, will remotely survive in the current market um, so we, what we wanted to create was that all day venue that, that breakfast, lunch and dinner um, situation and you know we were very mindful of that when we were doing the design and when we were doing the thing you, you know and, and I've always believed because I've come from a fine dining background and then I've opened and operated cafes and they're two very different business Models, they're incredibly different, you know, and um, but the, the ethos in, in in hospitality is the same, but the actual how you operate and how you how how you you treat um, the dining experience is very very different. But you know, so so if you're a um, we'll say a customer coming in at seven thirty in the morning for um, you know. Corporate area. You're in po- You want. You want your coffee, post eggs. You want. Boom, boom, boom. You want to be in and out in 20 minutes. You could be the same person walking into that same venue at seven o'clock at night. You're, you're the same person, but a different customer. And, you know, so that was very mindful in when we were doing the, um, the design. And, you know, we didn't want to, customers walking in in the morning feeling like they were just walking into a wine bar. And we didn't want to feel, have customers walking in at night feeling like they were just walking into a cafe, in, 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 which is, you know, you, there's many restaurants who've tried to do breakfast and failed. And there's many cafes who've tried to do dinner and failed. Yeah. And, and it's, it's very obvious. And, um, and I think we all know venues that has done that. And, and, you know, it's not an easy transition, but I feel as if we, we, as, as, as being very mindful of it going into it, uh, we, we did create that, um, you know, when you think back in it, I mean, the volume of people that we had in the mornings was, was, was huge for the peninsula. It was massive, you know, if, you know, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, it was, you're, you're in the hundreds for, for brunch. And, and it, and it was, and it was one of the best on the whole peninsula. I'm not going to lie, but when you, when you look back on it and you then try and, and, and you, you, you see, okay, how many staff did that take? How, coming out of lockdown seven, we actually had to make that decision. So we, we actually can't staff this. Coming, you know, to do this properly, we actually can't staff it because I think during all those lockdowns, your your staff pool reduced 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 we were managed we were managed to hold on to enough of them during the first couple of lockdowns but then after that at the end it was like you know this is silly this is just this is just undoable um you know this is it's not tenable and so we had to make that decision to go instead of doing you know the breakfast lunch and dinner we said all right let's just do lunch and dinner and, and, and we changed around a bit of the front of the restaurant and Took away the, the the espresso bar and the pastry section, and then just rejigged it a bit, um, and just focused on that. And 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 if we we had the idea of then maybe doing something on a Sunday. Let's do something really special on a Sunday brunch because the market is there. There's no question about it. The market is there, but we 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 tried our hardest just to recruit baristas, just to recruit workers to work on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and it was just not there. And and it's just and and you one thing that we don't want to do is do something half ass. And at the end of the day, if you're going to do it, you got to do it 100. percent You got to commit to it and do it 100. And 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 then it'll work. But if you're going in half ass with half a team and a half of this and half of that it's 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 going to be a failure and 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 that's not something we want to try and do here you know so we got to look at the bigger picture the restaurant's got to be here for a while and uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I want to explore um what you're doing at Wild Grain in more detail a bit later on but take us back to when you were young what was what sort of role did food play in your family
0: uh, look, I suppose it, it it would be very easy for a chef to jump on the romantic notion that, that you know, food was this and food was that. But uh, you, you got to go back to this to where I grew up in, in very rural Ireland, um, medium, medium family size of six kids in the, in the house with two adults, uh, uh, one policeman's wage and my dad. And, you know, the, it, it came down to economics. Uh, let's not it, but one thing we we definitely probably did a little bit differently than your normal Irish family growing up is you know my dad's uh, had a huge um, oh what's the word he was addicted to fly fishing he was addicted to hunting and pheasant and duck and and rabbits and and we just grew up with that and we just thought it was normal we thought everyone did that you know on a sunday <laughs> you know the big big day of the year was the first of november when the pheasant season opened up and my god it was it was a huge thing um but you know i, I remember plucking pheasants every november as a child it was just the way we did it and um, but everything we everything was 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 eaten and that's the difference. And 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 th- everything that we we hunted and everything that we we grew at home, you know. I mean, you know, it was a typical Irish home with a, a front lawn at the front, and then out the back it was like, ah, oh, no, you don't go out there, you know. What I mean, the, the visitors don't go out the back. <laughs> you know, there was my dad had sheds everywhere, so from chickens to turkeys to to there was an army of dogs. So you know, when the phrase goes, uh, "I got to see a man about a dog," it, it actually did happen in our house. <laughs> It actually did happen. There was many, many, many trips to see a man about a dog, but um, it was look to be honest, Anthony. It, it's it when I look back at it now, you know, Mum would be breaking down whole wild salmon and making patties and going into our lunch boxes. That's a true story. And you know, you think back now, you can't buy that stuff anymore. You know, and 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 yet that was what we had, and we had pheasant sandwiches going to lunch. <laughs> And I even actually, when I think of it, I just absolutely start laughing, but that was that was us that 's what we did and you know every every september october that 's when the rabbits were gone, and you know we 'd have the ferrets out and doing all of that but and then you know because my, my my um, my dad came from a farming background, so you know there was a family farm and and, and my uncle used to operate it and it was very tiny it was a tiny tiny Irish farm, but my dad would have um You know beef on there and then we'd break down a whole beef at home and and you know and that was how we 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 ate actually it was it was economically driven but there was a pure lust and love of nature and uh, which is something I, I've, I've really held on to. And uh, I've never forgotten. It's, it's, you know, when you tell that story to people who lived in cities or whatever, you know, it, it, they just look at you like, are you for real? <laughs> and, I like, yeah. and I said, yes, yeah, so that actually did happen. Yeah, it actually did happen. You know, so we were definitely led by seasons. Definitely led by, you know, the, the the pheasant season and coming into winter. And then you'd have, um, you know, the summertime was the wild salmon, the sea, the sea trout, the brown trout. It was like, you know, dad would be home every, every in the evenings and there'd be bags of trout. And right, that's it. All of us would be get the knives out and it them up and, and, and go from there. And, and it's, it actually happened. But it's a very romantic memory. But, um, but it, it actually did happen, and and that's where that is definitely where uh, my love for food came from. There's no question about it. And I used to, I, I still remember as a child baking cakes every Saturday with my mom, and and you know the friends would be around. Oh, you make a great chef! You make a great chef! And I go, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, and um, you know I just went from there. And then obviously, I think. Um, Driven, there's not. It's it's very hard to 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 explain to a modern eighteen year old or modern nineteen year old these, these days, and even with my own kids, to the economic situation we face in Ireland when I was growing up, it was it was brutal. Uh, like there was there was nothing sugarcoated about it. The the, con- the country was broke to its tears. Um, you know, you had unemployment at twenty five percent, like fact. And y- yeah, and you know, you try and put that into modern day terms now, it's 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 it's, it's a country which is bankrupt. So, you know, the, the, when, when you're, uh, you know, in your year 10 or an equivalent of year 11, you know, you're you're aiming to be looking at a job that actually can get you employed. So there's not about there's nothing like the modern day term. You can be whatever you want to be, my dear, you know, but back then, you know, you actually have to get a job that you will actually get a job in. And, and I was lucky in the fact that I actually really did enjoy food and restaurants and hospitality. I actually really had a, had a, had an absolute Passion for it, and um, it, so it was easy for me. So it wasn't something I was forced into, but uh, that's where I kind of started. That was the real seed, should we say, of where I started. Um, and then I was lucky. I just I, I I had a couple of steps. The people I met, and uh, one of the, the the main mentors I met was was a he owned a restaurant in Cork City, and um, it was you know I always felt it was ahead of its time, and at, at the time. Um, and he, he, I worked for him for a good couple of years. And, uh, yeah, he, he was just an absolute amazing leader, should we say, in, 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 in the direction that I took uh, and, and where I ended up working later on. And, um, yeah, I was very fortunate, absolutely very fortunate to be working in a place like that.
1: Given the extraordinary sort of connection to food that you had from an early age, what was it like working in uh, restaurants and commercial kitchens, having that understanding? Was it quite different, though, to what you had been used to at Home.
0: Look at why. I mean, you, you didn't probably appreciate it for what it was at the time. You know, you were more driven as a. I, I saw what my parents were through trying to raise six kids under a single wage. I saw the 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 economic situation in Ireland, and I, and I it just still resonates with me as to that was the fuel for the fire. Really, should we say that you you actually wanted to succeed and wanted to do something well? Um, so you know, when I when I did go on in, into commercial kitchens and 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 I. I had a I had a path I had a clear clear uh, direction I wanted to be and where I wanted to go and um you know no one's going to stop me that was pretty much it you know you know yourself when you're in your early 20s you're you're, uh, you're bulletproof and you have the energy that you have um and I suppose part of that energy has kind of, kind of continued all through to my um professional career but um you know it, it it's definitely it, you know, being in those professional kitchens, and especially the ones, the those 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 high-profile ones that I was in 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 London, and what I what I was exposed to there, it was it was it was incredible, actually. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah.
1: Tell us a bit about sort of building your career. What what's been the real sort of important venues and experiences that you've had? Yeah, look, I think um, moving from Ireland
0: um, to 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 London, and it was it was. Um, you know, the job that I had in, in Cork City with Michael Fleming, he was the one who helped me get the job in London. And you got to remember as well, I was, I was probably only, what, I think I was 19 or 20. And that was probably the second time I was on an airplane <laughs> going to London. You know, and you say that to someone now and even I say to my own kids and, you know, who have been on planes, you know, whatever. But, you know, you say that to someone, uh, you know, that was the second time I was ever on on an airplane going from rural Ireland, going over to high society Mayfair and Belgravia and London. And you're in the trucks of of where you are. It was it was definitely deer in the headlight stuff at the start. Um, it was you know whole whole side of 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 society which I had never been exposed to. Never. Not, not coming from rural Ireland and going over to to London and those restaurants that I worked in. You know, working at, at Muslims, which was amazing experience. It truly, truly was. It was it was an eye opening experience as to what high society London was. You know, a lot of you know we we you know there, there was the restaurant at the Belfry, but also he had a care. Arm to that business, and and that was amazing. Like the, the stuff, Anthony, that we were doing back then, it was it was incredible, absolutely incredible, and and the exposure that I was it was a whole new world you know you're 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 cooking for the royal family you know next door is is lady diana you know we're we're cooking for prince charles tonight you know all of that sort of situation it was it was an exposure that you know you couldn't even you'd be telling my friends back in ireland they just think i'm making the stories up you know what i mean (laughs) you know and I think my dad only took me serious once I had to get this um, I had to get the security card because we were we were going into Downing Street and we were cooking for Bill Clinton and and Hillary Clinton and that for yeah and and I still remember and and because my dad was a policeman and that was the only time he really took an interest in okay so tell me about the security and I was saying well the only way you could tell the difference between the British Secret Service and the uh, American Secret Service was Ray-Bans and Goldman you know that those guys do wear Ray-Bans and they do chew gum a lot. <laughs> but, you know, to be involved in that situation, you know, it, it's definitely um – you know, it, it's something that I, I truly feel very uh, privileged to have been in there and, and privileged to have been in those circles. But would I keep doing it forever? No, you can't. You, it's just something. You're lucky to be in that. You're, you're in the right place at the right time. Uh, you're surrounded by really good professionals. Um, you know, when I, then when I left Muslims and went to work at, uh, with the Rue brothers at Le Roche, that was a totally different uh, environment again. Um, and, and that was like, when when you say attention to detail, my oh my, that is attention to detail, and that's generally where I got it from. It was almost like, well, I won't say robotic because that definitely takes the romantic nature out of it, but it's definitely, um you know, the the, the intensity of it. I mean, you did five lunches, five dinners, and I can't, I, I could probably remember in one hand the amount of slow services we had. You were in the shit every day. You were in, you like, you you got into the kitchen at quarter to six in the morning, and you know, the, if I got home at two a.m. that night. I'm, I'm i'm doing well and that's that's kind of how how the hours were at that restaurant it was it was uh very intense very um but again the, the things i learned there would i keep doing it forever no you couldn't you'd, you'd just burn out but um you know the 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 things that i learned there was was i think it's definitely had a huge impact on on my career and it's had a huge impact on on my philosophy on food um i th- i think um, michelle rude his his his, his um when i th- i probably didn't appreciate it at the time because you know you're in that in insane intensity of work but when you think back and i look back at it now as an, as as, a, as an operator and someone who owns a restaurant and, and and what it takes but also a lover of food his his ethos was seasons there was no question about it and uh, you know it's one of the things that I, as i've gotten older and and and, and especially we operated different venues and different styles of venues and different things you know the i do get I, I won't say i get the shits but i do get a bit negative as to why are we still importing asparagus from mexico and winter in australia do you know what i mean it, it, it's like it's it's really bad <laughs> you know and you know why do we import bottles of water from france and why do we in glass and why do we import you know we don't need to be doing this and and you know one of the things uh, you know if you think but if, if you pull it back pull the layers back a bit and especially it's one thing we've learned at wild grain and then in, in the last six months is especially with regards to how things have absolutely exploded in cost you have to react quicker like you can't just wear it anymore you can't wear the fact that green beans are 45 dollars a kilo you can't wear that anymore like there's a reason in france those kind of things are not on the menu at that time of the year and if you think back in it in the olden days with the way people would 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 operate menus and whatever it would basically as soon as the seasons come in there's an abundance of beautiful food because it's in season because it tastes really good and because it's cheap and you can actually afford to put it on the menu. But when you're paying $120 for Mexican asparagus in the middle of winter in Australia, you've really got to question why as a society and why as a restaurant industry why are we allowing that to happen you know so but um yeah like i said my 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 london time was it's definitely etched in my memory as as very positive a huge amount of work like insane work when you think about it but you meet people and you're very fortunate to be surrounded by like-minded people and it's you know hospitality is a very intense industry and it's not for everyone that doesn't make them bad people you know some people who come yeah i can just go work in a restaurant how hard can it be It, it actually is hard um and you have to be a certain type of person um you know not everyone can be a doctor not everyone can fly a plane you know it's it's very different um, and i do believe that with hospitality as well you know but unfortunately in australia our, our pool of of resources and staff is just diminishing it's it's it almost feels like it's it's a, it's a river that's being dried up at the moment and um yeah I'm, I'm hoping something will come in the next year but at the moment it's just about getting through summer to be honest with everyone i
1: think in the industry it really is how did you end up in australia Oh, look, when I was
0: working in London, um, there was a, a job uh, offer came on in, in what was the catering magazine there, and uh, it was the um, casino in Sydney, the the star, star Casino. They were, they they. I mean, that's back in 97, I think, yeah, 97. And, you know, they, they recognized back then that, you know, there was a, even a, a, a skill shortage when it comes to restaurants and chefs and everything, and they did a recruitment drive in London. And, um, yeah, I just applied for the job and got the job and they flew me down here, gave me a couple of your visa and Went from there, and um, yeah, I, yeah. It was I always wanted to come here? Uh, I'd worked with quite a few Australians in in London, and, and you know, obviously coming from Ireland and then going into London and then meeting all these international, should we say? It, because you don't meet very many international people in Ireland back then, anyway. You know, <laughs> um, it was just it was it was like a it was just like a wealth of knowledge that was opened up to me and a wealth of experience which was opened up. And I goes, yeah, no, I, I want to go to Australia, and um, yeah, I just apply for this job and, and and it all came through thank goodness and yeah i haven't looked back since to be honest yeah so
1: you mentioned you sold some businesses with the whole move to the mornington peninsula tell us about um creating your own uh, venues and and what you created
0: um everything that we i suppose our, our our ethos was always something you know i'd walk into a venue and feel okay what can we create here um and what does a venue what will this venue actually uh, dictate and what what what's needed should we say in the area so when you know we we, we did quite well in, in in multiple places in sydney which was really good and then when we came down to to mornington peninsula it was like you know finding this venue was like 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 i said earlier it was just about going walking into the space and going yeah this is what this needs this 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 is it um and um yeah and just went from there so even when it comes from the high ceilings the energy the plants the the, the natural everything about it it's as soon as you walk in that door you know we, we felt like that these plants now everyone does plants in, in restaurants and some of them you walk there's nothing worse than walking into a restaurant or a cafe and you see half dead plants everywhere and it's like oh man what are you doing you know I mean? but we felt like no no these plants in our restaurant they need to be as important as um as a piece of furniture and and they were and they they have you know and that's what everyone comments on actually when they do walk in here are they real is it not yes they are they are real yeah Yeah.
1: the the mornington peninsula is very different to sydney um what what, what's it been like creating a venue there and, and how different is it compared to venues you've had in the past
0: Look, I think one of the the big challenges we had when we were creating uh, Wildgrain was the fact that it was it was such uh, it was uh, obviously it's a it's a big venue, but it's also the, the fact that we you know the council and everything was was arduous. I'm not going to lie, it was um, and. Everything that we've ever sort of set up in the past were closed businesses. There was a failed Thai restaurant or something. We turn it into something amazing or into a beautiful cafe. Or there was something This the structure was already there. The infrastructure was there. Uh, so the toilets were there or there was an, already an extraction. And you'd, you'd, you'd look for these spaces that had that. And then you kind of go, yeah, we can do this here. With this one, it was pretty much a uh, right, bringing it all back to the four walls. Uh, the ceiling and the the roof, and that was on the floor. And you know, the floor is a hundred years old. And you're kind of going, oof, oof you know, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But um, with this one, with creating it from from that sort of a gr- really low grade seed into something which it is now, um, it looks amazing now. But uh, to get there was was huge. It was it was a massive undertaking, and um, from a cost perspective, but also from an energy perspective and a mindset as to you know, why does it take so long for an application to go through council, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's something which really, I was going like, do these guys not realize that time is money. And when it comes to commercial property, it should be handled slightly different. But anyway, we got there in the end, but it was, it was, it was definitely hurdles which we hadn't foreseen or which we hadn't, ex- hadn't had experience before either as well. Not to that level. Um, you know, I came pretty close a few times and uh, it was like, wow, this is, this is extreme. Um And yet, do you not see the positive that this venue will bring to the area? And and that sort of, Gets in gets in the way sometimes. You get all a bit emotional, uh, which is when it comes to uh, especially when it comes to councils, you can't. But also when it comes to you know you 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 got to really try and remove the emotion, but you can't because it's pure emotion that's driving you. It's pure emotion that's driving you to actually create this venue from everything. You know the kitchen bench was a whole you know platter of um, you know forms delegate. I'm um, uh, sorry, the word forms and 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 pictures and and things that we wanted to try and do menu ideas it, it, it was crazy it, it, it was it was insane it was in, it was it was a crazy time i think uh, but like i said earlier if we were to do that right now with the experience we have we'd probably be a little bit more experienced at us but as as like i said as as we're, we're mom and dad operators we're not we're not like the maryville group we're not like the big group we're not that those guys have huge resources they've got huge resources of um, you know, designers, everything who you know, got legal people who can actually deal with all the legal stuff. We were learning as we went. And, um, you know, and you know, you, you try and be as professional as you can, but sometimes when it comes down to the brass tacks of things and the money it's costing. And, you know, nowadays the, the, the way the rules have changed and, I mean, don't start me on toilets. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, give us a sense of... Um you know, your food and, you know, it's underpinned by the seasons. What, what, do, is there a dish or two on the menu that sort of exemplifies the wild grain offering?
0: Look, I think uh, everyone, when we were opening, what kind of food are you doing? What kind of food are you doing? And I, and I never wanted to be the one to say, oh, we're doing modern Australia because I don't like that, that kind of monk here. But at the end of the day, we're not also not just doing Italian. We're not just doing Greek or we're not, you know, and I, and I would say to them, we're doing nice food, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, because at the end of the day, the, for me as an operator the, what I would like to be able to put to the thing is it's not just about the food but it's it, the food is very important but it's also about the venue and it's also about the service each one of those three items are, are critical um, but with regards to the food I mean we, we work really well with Leo Leo Howard's our head chef and he, you know he, he's definitely uh, from from uh, the same kind of schooling as, as I'm from and my wife is from um, when it comes to that quality of food and when it comes to that and we work really well with him and he has evolved and we've evolved and the restaurant has evolved from we'll say where we worked a year and a half a year ago to where we are now um and i think an awful lot of is that is that driven is, is 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 coming from okay yes you've got real basic good quality skills as a chef and 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 myself as as whatever but Uh, when it comes to what the customer wants you've really got to have meat in the middle Uh, it can't be just about uh, a chef coming up with oh this is my this is my dream and my passion and this is my how i philosophize about food that sounds great on instagram but you know and it's not to suspect to some chefs but at the end of the day it's it's when it's a business you've, you've got to look at where you are and what you're doing you know we we are where we are in mornington we We don't have that beautiful winery vista that some of the wineries have. And, you know, at the end of the day, so it was so important when we did create the restaurant is that as soon as that customer walks in that door, there has to be a wow factor. There has to be the four walls within have to be an eye-popping situation. And, um, and, And it has, and it's created that, but also the food has to back it up. And and working with Leo, like he he's been uh, an amazing asset to the to the business. He really has. He's got a, an amazing skill level, and his, his his talent and his quest for food and, and, and wanting to create that beautiful dish is it, it's it, it's it's it works. It really does. It's it, it's a really great relationship that we have. Um, but also also you know it's coming down to the the, the staff on the floor and, 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 and all that sort of thing. And it's it's but it's um yeah the food is a, it, it's obviously it's incredibly important. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's one element to the, to the success of the business, to be honest.
1: Yeah. The failure rates of uh, new hospitality businesses in the first two years are in- incredibly high, let alone something like a pandemic coming in. What do you think the secret to sort of you uh, surviving and also prospering through such a challenging period for a new business?
0: A friend of mine once asked me, uh, oh, God, a good couple of years ago, what does it take to um, – run a good business and stay in the business that you've you've, you've run for so long uh so well and i said uh, endurance and energy and it's one of the things that's probably one of the the, the only things i could probably say yeah I, I i bring that to the table but it's it's a case of it's it's what kept us going through lockdown it's we had invested so much in in the restaurant and like i said going through with the council and then finally opening up we had probably six weeks of trading uh, and then COVID hit. Um, so you're basically just getting your feet on, 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 on the rungs of the ladder and then basically boom. Um, but at the end of the day, the, f- the reason there's a failure rate for so many of the restaurants uh, and so many, uh, whether it's restaurants, bars, cafes, whatever, it is that those first couple of months are so important uh, because the money you outlay is 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 off the charts. It's incredible about money. And one of the things, and it's probably something that's really stuck in my mind, with regards to all the lockdowns we had to endure. You you lose money when you open up because you're you the opening stock, the, all of that. Then you you're operating, and then you're into lockdown again so you're losing money and all that stock let's just talk about food um and then you're back up operating again so you've got to um invest again in more stock and then you're back down again so you're losing money every single time you open and close you're losing money and at the end when we got to lockdown seven it was like we're just about getting through here like i'm not gonna lie it was pure energy we 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 came up some great ideas just to keep things going during those lockdowns but when we got out of lockdown seven uh, i'll be honest that's probably the worst time i feel anyway um that i felt about the whole thing was because it was it was such a turkey shoot for staff it was it was an absolute awful time trying to recruit people and what you did have to pay for staff and what you did have to pay to recruiters and all of that kind of thing it was just a horrible time and it's it's probably going to be etched in my memory forever actually that that whole october november january period and then omicron turned around and raised its head in january and um yeah that was that was brutal actually and then you know you'd have the kitchen get taken out and yeah, it was not a nice time. Really, really not a nice time. But I feel as if, you know, we, we've kind of come, turned the corner. I feel Australia as a society has probably turned the corner when it comes to this sort of thing. And I'm, I'm just hoping from here on in now it's growth because um, the industry needs growth. Uh, I think it's definitely changing. I am fearful for what's coming when it comes to, you know, the, the economic viability of, of, of what restaurants can absolutely operate now. I think you got to remember what things were done pre-COVID to how they're operating now. I think it's going to be a huge change in the landscape. I think it is. Um, I think you, the labor costs that it takes now to go in for a seated service for a cappuccino and a brownie and everything, I think that those days are, are numbered, really are. I mean, you just have to look at the, the streetscape of, of uh, Melbourne. And you want to, You walk around nine o'clock in Melbourne now and see where you can get poached eggs and avocado. It, it's quite a limited. It's quite a limited affair, um, and, which is sad to see because um, that, that that's just the uh, consequence of the economics side of things. Uh, you know, you, you you look at things that we've had to endure in the last. We'll set just the increases in the last two months with gas and electricity and everything. And you know, it's 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 all over the news and everything. But you know the, the the impact on restaurants because you know we use a fair bit of gas. We use fair bit of electricity and um yeah w- when when your monthly bill doubles from three thousand to six thousand you kind of go all right where's that going to come from <laughs> you know <laughs> you know so
1: well you're doing extraordinary things uh in mornington peninsula and it, things are looking positive as we move towards summer what do you love about what you do
0: do you know, my voice, if if we call it that, is is making people happy and making customers walking in, seeing the restaurant full, and you're 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 having customers walk out that door, and they've got nothing but positive to say. Don't get me wrong, you got you got your 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 odd negative Nancy, and you got your odd person who will say something like, "All right, where, where, where what side of the world did that come from?" But um, at the end of the day, you got to look at it as a whole and the positivity, and and, and it's what makes us do what we do. Um, you know, I've cancelled my order for my Aston Martin this year, Anthony, just so you know, you know, so, (laughs) you know, I've canceled that. Um, so it's not because (laughs) I'm not doing hospitality because I get a new Aston Martin every year. That doesn't happen in reality. Why we do it is you have to have that underlying nature to make people happy and enjoy making people happy. It's like when you go to a table and you get, you get just smiles at a table. That's why we do it. And it's and that's the important thing. And that's the energy that, you know, that Walgrain hopefully gives off when people walk in and when they leave. Uh, and it's it's the important thing. It's 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 what creates a longevity of a restaurant. It is that energy and it is that positive energy that when people sit down, they know they're going to get good service. They're not going to get a really good quality food and the dining experience as a whole is a really good one because I think with what's coming when it comes to people's choices and people, you know, cost of living, et cetera, et cetera, people are going to be a little bit more, um, critical. Well, I will not say critical, but also they'll be a little bit more reserved as to where they go and where to choose to go and, and how often they will choose to go. So when they do want to go out, yes, they will have a nice bottle of wine, but they want to make sure that that entire dining experience is a positive one. Um, I feel like our industry is changing. It is, it is going to change, um, quite dramatically actually in the next, year um and it's just down it's pure economics that there's. let's not sugarcoat it it's um you know the cost of labor the cost of everything the cost of goods the cost of operating uh you know what used to be the business model of you must have your doors open you must be open you must be this and you must be that you know small is a new big that's what i keep saying to the guys at work small is a new big um because the cost of actually of opening those doors uh, are now at a point where you need to be really busy for those times that those the doors are open even from a heating perspective you want to heat the restaurant yes you don't want to walk into a cold restaurant but you need to walk into that restaurant when it's full and that's that's when the heating is on and and, then that's really Microsoft. but it's but it does come down to the to, to, to the operational side of a restaurant it really does
1: you know Well, Sean, it's uh, been amazing having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear just a bit of your story. Good luck this summer down in the Mornington Peninsula. Please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon.
0: Thanks, Anthony. Really great to have me. Thank you so much. Really good. Thank you.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep.